If you want to make an audiobook, go to thetalkingbook.org. That's thetalkingbook.org. Check out these amazing writers, narrators, indie publishers. Come to Asheville. We record books in a booth. Here's the show. Hi, everyone. Chris Hartram here of the Talking Book Podcast. It's a beautiful day in Asheville, North Carolina. It's 60 degrees. It's sunny. There's blue skies. Um, I'm in a room. I'm looking out the room. From the window, there are birds in the tree. I'm pretty sure they're chirping. It's a classic Talking Book miracle. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. How, how, how the hell is everyone else? How are you? We're, we're all fine here. We're doing fine. Kids are good. Um, in case you don't remember the talking book, the talkingbook.org, uh, we record books for authors, publishers, other audiobook companies, um, and also we have this podcast. And it's our uh, in our nonprofit. We invite authors to read excerpts from their new books. We record often overlooked literature and audio for the seen impaired, people with dyslexia, the incarcerated, um, and people just like you and me that love listening to books. Sometimes there's a book and you're like, why isn't this an audio? I'd like to listen to it. And then we record it and we're like, now it's an audio. Um, It's a nice thing. I think it's a nice thing. And if you want to get involved, you can get involved. You can hit us up at thetalkingbook.org, talkingbook.org. But anyway, today on the podcast, today I've got a whopper of a badass reading from Joseph Fasano. His new novel is The Swallows of Lynetto. It's a powerful story of a young couple's escape from Italian fascism at the end of the Second World War, and it's out now from the fine folks at Modeling House. He's the author of The Swallows of Lunetta, which just came out, The Dark Heart of Every Wild Thing, from Platypus Press. Um, his book of poetry, he's got um, The Crossing, 2018, Vincent, 2015, Inheritance, 2014. He's got a bunch of stuff. Joseph Fasano's, he's a badass. But without further ado, here is Joseph Fasano reading from his new fantastic novel, The Swallows of Lunetto. This is Joseph Fasano reading from the opening chapter of my new novel, The Swallows of Lunetto. Chapter 1. She lived in an ancient village in Calabria, where her father was buried among the cherry laurels. Each morning she would drift down from the villa and look out at the gray waves of the sea, holding herself still against the west wind. Always she had woken from the same dream, and always at the coldest hour. She had sat up in the linens in her own arms, then parted the muslin curtains looked out at the same moon in the cypresses. She couldn't have said what she was looking for. Surely she had said a name in her sleep. That much she remembered. That and a voice saying, Listen, we are the secrets in someone else. We are the voices of each other. What it meant, she didn't know. She'd woken and dressed in the half-dark, made her way through the quiet streets to the shoreline, stood there where she'd once stood with her sisters, her sisters who seemed to her like the shore itself, fragile and sun-warmed and what everyone loved, more like young boys than sisters, 
while she herself was the deep sea with its fevers, dark and wild and unkeepable, shaping and unshaping the battered land, the land which thought it was the master, but was really in the darkness's arms. Always she carried the same basket, woven from the hollow reeds of the river. She hooked it under her arm in the sea wind and stared out at the gray waves in their breaking. What was the name, she said, each evening? Always she woke and half-remembered, the sound of it like small birds in the rafters, like horses kneeling before their riders, like someone praying in the dark. Always she woke, and she almost knew. Her basket was empty. When she'd stared at the waves a long while, she turned back and swung her leg over the sea wall and stepped back into the streets of the village. She wore a long cotton dress dyed an uneven green like the shadows of the olive groves in summer. Her hair hung in a dark braid over her shoulder, and always her mother had smiled at her and told her such hair was untamable, like the chaos of the deep before the world was made, and maybe it was best that it was so. She worked in the shipworks in Lunetto, riveting the great ribs of the cargo ships that were launched each spring into the Tyrrhenian Sea. The women and men who worked beside her had sleepless eyes and patches in their overalls, but they had the ancient cheerfulness of the southern air, and when their wages were lowered the previous autumn, they simply walked out into the shipyard and lay down, singing songs from their youth while injustice passed. We have faith, Alexandra had thought, as she'd lain among them, but she couldn't have said what it was faith in. Simply that injustice would pass them by, as wealth, as happiness, as promise had done. In three days the managers were hopeless, and the wages were restored to what they'd always been, and the singing stopped, and the machines sang on. Had she been in love? Once. He was a shy, gray-eyed youth from Messina, and she'd loved the new world and the old in him, the way he'd wander home from the car factory in Scylla and make his way to the little shed behind his father's house, where he kept his wild-eyed falcons, letting them go and watching them return, as though the ancient things were still alive in this world. When she'd brought him home to the villa, her mother and sisters had watched him, this feral thing breaking his bread with his greasy hands, and when dinner was finished, her mother had pulled her aside and said, Alexandra, listen, this one is no father at all. He is not yet ready to be a story. But why should you not let go of what was never there? Still, it had stung, and at night she had lain awake in her linens, the muslin curtains blowing across her body, and she'd felt his hands that had let go of all those wild birds and she held herself and rocked herself like the gray waves, and she did not know what the pain meant. She'd gone afterward once to Scylla to speak with him after his day shift at the factory, but she'd waited beside the chain fence when the whistle blew, and she couldn't find him among the sea of denim workcoats, the faces darkened with oil. Turning up her collar against the evening wind, She'd drifted back and tucked herself into the train car, 
watching the poplars pass as she gave to sleep. And although she had promised herself not to think of him, he was there with her in her deep sleep for the last time, his heart like a falcon on his naked chest. She had stroked that heart slowly in its feathers, and she had told herself, as only a dreamer might, that if you had to choose between a god and a mortal, touch him, she told herself, touch him. Why would you not choose this world? Okay, there you go, Joseph Asano. How awesome was that? You need to go get this novel right now, The Swallows of Lunetto. It's out now from Maudlin House. Everywhere books are sold. Go to your indie bookstore and get it. Go to shop.modelinhouse.net. I'll leave links in the show notes. If you want to get involved with thetalkingbook.org, feel free to hit us up. Reach out, team up, read from your book. We're here. Thanks so much to Joseph Fasano for sharing his book, for doing the reading, to Modelin House. Thanks to Keegan Grambois, Scott McClanahan, Chris Oxley, and Alex Sturgis for the music. Thanks to Dave Burr for editing the podcast. My name is Chris Hartram, too. I'm here. Um, stay tuned for next time. Hit us up. I love you all. Goodbye for now. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I knew that you were there Like an angel Who has forsaken certainty Sleeping in the square I was lit